eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Next time, don't score. Okay, that's the one thing we have too much of is scoring. We want to see more plays. When the bass drops, Brandon does the Rage Against the Machine battle for Los Angeles pose. (laughs) Old guy talk right here. Welcome to the Full Mighty Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, our favorite fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty yet, MLS. Now, do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts, specifically that one, because that's how we drive a lot of this traffic. Rate and review the show, but primarily... Tell us your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player from Mike Facito, who they called Meat when he played there, which is very interesting, to Kenny Cooper. Just no Shalry Joseph. Okay, he like doesn't even count. This week we hear from A Bomb eight 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 eight, who says, uh, "Quote: My favorite Sounder all time is Ian Bridge, who played for the NASL Sounders from 1979 to 1983, plus the Tacoma Stars from 1985 to 1986. How old are you, A Bomb? <laughs> Happy 58th birthday, A Bomb! Yeah. He was a solid defender, and I had a poster of him on my wall as a kid. I remember Mountain Dew and KISW were sponsors on that poster. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Oh man, that's super nice. I like that. I'm glad that you've been listening to KISW this whole time. That's really cool. They've been around for a long time. Great to have you support this whole way along. Thank you." A-bomb quadruple eight. And remember, if you want to hear your favorite sounder read on the next episode, pop over to iTunes and put their name and why you like them in the review. That was really super nice. Sorry that we made fun of you for being old. But I mean, come on. <laughs> you didn't deserve it. No. How's, how's hanging out with Chad Marshall? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike Facito, Meat was a, it was the name. I think I've said this before. Meat was the name that Brian Schmetzer, when he was currently an assistant coach on the team, gave to Facito. I I don't know if you've ever looked at somebody and just been like, yeah, that nickname makes a lot of sense. It sticks. Yeah. This week, the surprise by points, Sounders FC take on the how are we suddenly worse than Seattle Portland Timbers? It is a battle for the Cascadia Cup. What a match, Brandon. What a match. Out of nowhere. It's just like. No one expected it. No, I I think during the game I tweeted out, I said like, Raise your hand after Sounders scored the first goal. It was like, raise your hand if you expected anything out of that. And then, like, of course, Toronto goes and scores right after. We'll talk about that later. But it's a Bruin and the Bruin and Buana both had goals in the 25th and 54th minute. And Oso, uh, Oso, Oso Rio 
Osorio? Osorio? Is yeah, there you go. Osorio for... Osorio. Uh, three goals were scored. 2-1 final. Seattle Sounders FC take a road victory. Three points. Other times in the season, there's been points left on the table. I'm thinking about Kansas City, where there could have been an easy win. Also in Los Angeles, where there could have been a draw feels really good as a fan to come back in here today and talk about three points in that bucket. Only the second pot of the year that we've been able to do that, so it feels real nice. So wait, one clean sheet and two wins. (laughs) (laughs) And two draws. Right, right. right? Two draws. There we go. Uh, The Sounders started the match with a goofy new system, a bunch of S2 players, and I think I saw broadcaster Matt Johnson was in the 18, hashtag wireless mics. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, we got real lucky, uh, we being the fans watching the match, as Giovinco, who looked fired up and feisty all match, put one off of the crossbar that is, I think we're just now starting to hear the reverberations from it here in, in Seattle. Seattle. It hit it so hard. Hi. Garbage. Hi. Garbage. Hi. Garbage. Hi. Garbage. Hi. Garbage. Hi. Hot garbage. We're taking the best, the worst, and the absolute crap. It's hot. It's garbage. It's hot garbage. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. Okay, look at who's hot, who's garbage, and who is hot garbage. Starting with hot. 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 Uh, I say, finally. Okay, it's known. I love saying Hanwalla Buana's name. And this this week, yesterday, Wednesday night, Hanwalla Buana was... Hot. Yeah. Hot. He became the youngest player in club history. So the youngest player ever for Sounders FC to score an MLS goal. He was 18 years old and 319 days. He passes another homegrown player being DeAndre Yedlin, currently with Newcastle United in the Premier League, who was 20 years old. So he beat that by a whole year and like 40-something days. I want you to know that when I see Hanwala Buana out there... I think of him as just a guy that they were like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to play some soccer now. Okay, like I see him out there and he is just like a just a kid. Just running around like a kid. And then they put in, they put a, uh, a highlight reel together for what he's done. And he's been great for a long time. Obviously, if you make it to professional soccer, that's how this works or whatever. But it's so cool to see the caliber of player that he's been all along and then deliver. 18 years old? You want to see, a, you like, you want to see, kids like this perform and do well because you don't want to be relying on 30 to 40 year old strikers yeah. playing and being your like main source for goals because in three shout years to Wayne Rooney <laughs> shout outs to Clint Dempsey well, in in a few years who's going to be scoring those goals for you so it's awesome to see a guy like him okay first of all when we watched this we saw this lineup basically rolled out two days prior to the match right in Seattle Times it's reported like this is who's gonna play it's S2 and Will Bruin and Chad Marshall Dastard because they really got into the heads of TFC. They're like, why are they doing this? Should we always be telegraphing a, our lineup to At some point, does teams? a dinosaur come stomping out? Like, I'm waiting for a trap. I'm waiting for Akbar to pop up. I got a trap. Am I getting in trouble if I tackle one of these kids for child abuse? <laughs> like, how does this work? Yeah. Um, and so everybody, Sounders fans included, look at, at the team that Brian Schmetzer is about to trot out. It's tough. You got Toronto on Wednesday, Portland on Sunday, very short turnaround for a game. 
Um, when you're on the road, especially this type of distance, it takes a real toll on guys. Just the travel alone. So do you do you just like do you look at a Toronto FC team and think like, well, they're pretty bad too. So if we just play some of our young guys, maybe something will happen. I think that they just look at the fact that Toronto's an Eastern Conference team, and we've got a Western Conference team in Portland to worry about. Smart. So that's why they say, okay, maybe. Well, so the formation that they so first of all they say these are we're going to play a bunch of S two guys, a bunch of young dudes who are unproven in the league against Giovinco. Michael Bradley, sure Toronto's without a bunch of their healthy center backs, whatever. Um, but they also say in this in this lineup on Seattle Times, they say we're also going to play a five-four-one, which means five defenders, four mid- midfielders, and one guy up at the top. Now, to be clear, the Sounders in every single match before this have run with four at the back. Yeah, we play a four-two-three-one or a four-three-two. Whatever nerdy. you want to tell you about. You play yeah. four defenders, which gives you a back line four wide, and then so if another team is willing to really come at you with more people, you can be easily outmatched and have to pull someone f- from your offense to the defense to help cover for that. This time. Basically, what they're, you're saying is that I don't care what happens moving forward. If we get lucky, maybe we'll get something. But instead, you're just not going to be able to buckle us down. We're going to put Chad Marshall in the dead center. He's going to be our rock. We're going to have two outside backs who are not going to go forward very much. And then we're going to have two guys on either side of Chad Marshall who are going to play defense. And like basically, if we could have put 11 guys in front of the goal, it's it's... As oh. close as you can get to doing that as without actually doing that. Oh, you're talking about my famous nine one one defense? <laughs> yeah, your nine guys your in goal, formation. And then the goalkeeper and then a striker. It's amazing. Yeah. Well and it and it turns out it works out. Uh the first goal that scored by um Bruin is uh just classic counterattacking goal. Roldan clears a, a set piece. It ends up out to the foot of Wolf Ikram, Magnus Wolf Ikram. He um uh, incredible, incredible run. It's, an, it's a, an amazing touch of skill that he has here to see a defender coming, just makes this tiny little toe poke where he burns not just a defender, but Michael Bradley. Yeah, like, U.S. men's national team captain, bald man, Michael Bradley. The bald like, part's not important, but I felt like, like kicked, saying it. It's like he kicked America and Canada in the dick at the same time. <laughs> and he's from Norway, so it's not even, you're like, okay, like, I'm fine, you can do that. Michael Bradley ends up somewhere in like the stands, I think. I think he just sat down and started Norway, drinking probably. beers or whatever. As... Ikram cuts back and puts a ball, nutmegs the crap out of the next defender. I mean, those two guys are probably like... And to top it all off, uh, Will Bruin is not the fastest guy on the field, but the defender misses... Hey, when you become a dad, like that's what happens, okay? You just slow down a little bit, all Do right? We, are we even sure that Will Bruin is a dad? No, we I, don't always think, talk- I don't even think he is. He just looks like one. Uh, but... The defender, the center back, they're like makeshift center back because literally zero center backs for them are healthy. Michael Bradley was playing center back for them. Um, and the so the center back misses. Will Bruin ends up all alone. Usually this guy is, you know, he's the guy muscling other guys. He's not making these darts. He's not making these darting runs through the, the back line. He's getting the ball, fighting a guy off, and finding a way to score. This time he finds himself all around, all alone, has enough time. Like, usually a striker that's not used to it might have too much time to think about it, and then they end up skying it or sending it straight into the keeper. It happens so fast, though. Yeah, and he sits there, he, he sets up, and puts it right in the net. Great goal. It's They talk about the best strikers in world football as being guys that find a little bit of space, that get behind defenses by just poking through. And here it was, a amazing bit of individual skill 
combined then with a pass that was okay. Everyone was going on and on about the pass being incredible. I mean, the guy got a foot on it. There was yeah. a deflection, so the pass wasn't that great. But then Will Bruin having the composure to put it away. Suddenly, this was a whole different match where a team that was not supposed to win, a team that showed up playing their, you know, their tertiary guys, suddenly have a lead and a little bit of belief. Uh, incredible stuff. Will Bruin wins man of the match, uh, Budweiser man of the match, and uh, because in, in, in my mind, it should have been Hanwhal Abuana, but he is your to me, Hanwhal Abuana was still the Bud Light Virgin Limerita man of the match. That's a, um, an honor to be held closely too. <laughs> and, uh, but honestly, I almost give man of the match to uh, four guys. Will Bruin for his for his contribution. He worked his butt off that whole time. Um, Handwall Abuana for his great goal. Sure, there was a hint of offside. Shut up. I don't care. Um, it wasn't called. It's not going to show up on the stats 10 years from now. Handwall Abuana scored his first MLS goal of all time. Youngest sounder ever to score. Third is Stefan Fry because he had a great performance, made a couple of huge saves. They weren't like his spectacular diving back one-handed save that he made in MLS Cup two years ago. He did leaping spider save on one of them. The guy was like a ninja, man. He would just make himself big multiple times. It was great. And then fourth, I almost want to give Man of the Match to Wolf Ikram for that incredible, incredible run, which brings us... I think. No, you're not done. You still got another thing here. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. So uh, another note on hand, Walla Buona. Uh, I thought this is just an awesome Great point. An- awesome anecdote from uh, Danny Siasio. Uh, he's a digital guy at Sounders FC. Um, and he says on SoundersFC.com, a quote, the Sounders were done wrapping up their training session on Tuesday afternoon ahead of Wednesday night's match against Toronto FC, and head coach Brian Schmetzer noticed rookie midfielder Handwalla Buana ripping shots into the net. He said, Jesus, Handwalla, save those for the game tomorrow. He recall- <laughs> Buana recalled Schmetzer's comments to him. I guess I saved one. Oh, that's nice. I guess I saved one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I agree with your sentiment that that kid deserved to be the man of the match. Um because of his contribution to be able to be like that on it. And he immediately, in a post-match interview, was like, no, 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 this is a team effort. I, I just scored my first goal, which is really important, but it was because of everything that led up to it. So well, very cool. Shout-outs to Ballard High School and uh, University of Washington men's soccer. That's the programs that he came through. Yeah. Awesome to have a local, homegrown guy scoring goals for the team when nobody else will. <laughs> so moving on then to... Garbage. Man, couldn't keep that clean sheet. That's a bummer. That's a real bummer. The goal is just like, I don't know. In my opinion, looking at the freeze frames, Giovinco was offside, but at the same time, I think Hedwalabuana was offside too, so equals out, whatever. That's, uh, and that's human I, error on the referee's part. And yeah, that's which how is that goes. fine, whatever. I don't care. Um, but Stefan Fry is two shutouts away from being the having the eighth most shutouts in MLS history, um, and I just want to see him get that. He's been amazing for the Sounders. We picked him up actually from Toronto a number of years ago for like – we gave him peanuts. A couple matches ago, somebody was chirping away at Stefan Fry, and he's like, hey, man, come on. And the guy like, keeps going at him. I don't remember which team it was, but it was like on and on and on because he felt like he got wronged by Fry going up for a ball and catching him with an elbow or something like that. And I've never seen anybody be that disappointed with this guy because Fry is always – he yells at his own guys. He helps people up. He's like a he's such a positive, like stoic figure. And for people to be mad – he's not out there talking trash and stuff. He's such a cool dude. So I know exactly the plate that you're talking about. It was against San Jose – or no, it was against LAFC because this is where that guy plays now. It's Marcos Urena, yeah. Urania, yeah. who plays for LAFC. They went up for a ball. Um, they Fry had every right to go up and grab right. it. Urania had every right. It was dumb, but he had every right to go up and try to head it. He caught an elbow to the eye. 
it came out the next day that he had to have like facial surgery to have like he like chipped a bone and uh. like his cheekbone. So he was really mad. He felt like he, but he's just kind of a dummy for having gone up against a keeper with like Lit- who can use his hands. Yeah. Like, later in the match, they like were cool again. You could see it was just like a heat of the moment type thing. But I've never like really seen anyone be that mad at Fry because he's picking people up and he's like he's out there competing. He's not. Yeah. There's it, it doesn't feel personal. With this guy, and so it's a bummer to know that he's got gotten that close, but he's still that far away. He's so great. He's so close. Um, su- super close to to having a just being in like illustrious company in MLS goalkeeper. Uh, plus, the dude is like tatted up, and his all of his <laughs> that, tattoos are that is, so great. That is personal. That is not part of the game. <laughs> it, it's part it is part of it to, to me. I like him. Okay. I like him. and oh, and we're birthday buddies. Him, me, and Brad Evans all share the same birthday. Yeah, four twenty. Also Hitler. So cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> Great at soccer. Uh, next, I would say garbage. Oh, I love garbage. Garbage. Um, look, I hate to harp on diving. I hate like I, I, soccer. I mean, what? <laughs> American soccer. Like American fans of every other sport except soccer are always like, "Well, I can't watch soccer because of the diving, and they'll look all lame and stupid." I think that that's coming down a little bit with uh, NBC's doing such a great job of uh, bringing the Premier League over. I think that there's enough exposure that people are probably... It used to just be we had once every four years the World Cup, and we'd be like, "Oh my God, they're so divey." Although, also these same guys will say that, and then they'll turn on NBA. Yeah, and I'm like, "Come on, man, come on." Anyway, so I hate I hate to harp on it because I do think that maybe not diving, but going down under softer off, under softer calls sometimes in soccer has a place. I see it. I don't. I try not to harp on it too much because it's it's part of the game. Whatever. It's not the greatest part of the game. Trying to like earn penalties and and crap like that isn't. As long as the referee is is. Is, uh, judicious and hands out the yellow cards for the flops. Like I can accept a little bit of like, oh, he did get your leg a little bit, and maybe that could have been a penalty. But also, like you flopped a little bit, and that could have been a, like there's like a little bit of balance and some gray area in there that you got to just kind of let happen if you're going to ref a game well. And all of this is to say that I think Giovinco had the diviest game I've seen of soccer in a really long time. And I respect the hell out of Giovinco as a player because he's a great soccer player. Yeah. He has a lot of talent, a lot of skill. Him, similar to Ladero, do get fouled quite a bit. So I see them doing that. Um, however, <laughs> shout outs to our buddy on Twitter, uh, Scuba Steve, who says, Giovinco has more dives than Chad Marshall has definitely not head injuries, <laughs> which is a lot. Garbage. Finally, in the garbage department, Brandon, I am so outraged by this. I love the production element of how things come together. I love TV and radio and stuff. And here's this incredible goal that we see. We There's not been no goals this season, and Will Bruin only picks up his third in the eight matches or whatever, which he's got to be your scoring guy. He's your like only guy that's out there that can play that position, and that just hasn't been delivered. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, on the counter, here's this Wolf Ikram move. The juke on uh, Michael Bradley. He's somewhere in Africa by this point now because he hasn't stopped his momentum. <laughs> and then uh, the cutback and the nutmeg. Without that in piece of individual skill at about or just past the halfway line, that cross to Will Bruin to finish doesn't exist. Every single replay for the rest of the match, including halftime, were of the steal in the defensive third and then the goal finish at the other end. There wasn't a mention for the contribution that this guy made, and I was... Garbage. Yeah, that was messed up. Uh, I also really... Like, when they bring the guy off and he's 
he's mad to be leaving the game. Uh, we saw that from a couple players that were like really upset to be coming out. And Wallabana was one of them. They like, pulled him out, and like there was like Schmetzer had to come over to him and be like, "Hey, good job." And he's like, "Yeah, leave me alone." Like I can't believe this type of stuff. I don't. Who knows what they actually said or whatever. But Ikram's super mad. Even then, they don't show the bit of individual skill from him. <laughs> the greatest play that Ikram has ever made for this club in the half like quarter of a season that he's been here or whatever. Yeah. And like the whole highlight is on everything that happened around him even though even though it's individually i think the best sounders play of the season so far it's incredible okay moving on to hot garbage okay so i want to pop back to this handwall abuana goal uh if you haven't heard of the handwall abuana story um you got it. It's it's everywhere. It's on ESPN. It's on Sounders FC. You got to find it. Anyway, he remember the time he was on this show and told us all about it. Oh yeah, I wish he would. Okay. Anyway, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, after the match, uh, Handwalla Handwalla Buena Buana tweeted out the me- the message himself. Kind of, he kind of summarized his story, and he said, um, "It's very heartwarming." He says, "From walking six miles every day to get water to scoring my first MLS goal, being able to keep having faith in God and working so hard to be where I am today, the team fought incredibly hard to get three points. Lastly, that goal was for my mother. It belongs to her. She is the real hero." Handwalla Buana, if you don't know, he was a Kenyan refugee came over to the United States, they moved to Seattle, he went to Ballard High School, ended up going to college here. He is a true, true, uh, just powerful story to get him from where he was to where he is. So, Brandon, what was the first response that he got to that? Some Toronto fan, the first response to this great, great message is, you were also offside, so... Hot garbage. Screw you, man. Come on, man. The point was so far flying over your head that your neck has got to hurt from trying to see just what just went over you. God, can't you be... Like, you're like Michael Bradley getting juked by freaking Wolf Ikram out there. <laughs> like, you totally missed the point, you piece of garbage. Don't comment on that. Yeah. Like, if a guy's putting out a heartfelt message, I get that you that he recognizes he was offside. Or He's trying to give props to his mom. To his the mom. The week of Mother's Day. Dude, you're what so... What kind of monster are you? You're so mad because your team just lost there were timbers fans and like other people up in hand walls mentions who were just like hey even as this person i like mad respect to what you just did congrats on scoring your first mls goal you know what it is i got it i understand it now he's living the american dream and this asshole is canadian so that's what it is there it is yeah there it is hot garbage to be clear also i went to a match at uh, bmo field and the canadian fans could not have been cooler so this is just an internet troll they are actually legitimately awesome people that we spent all the time with. I think anytime you get into the supporters, supporter sections, people get a little wild or whatever, but like, what a great experience I had at that stadium. I have mad respect for that team. It was fun to get one back on them because of the last result, but they're very cool. It's just one one big, salty turd. Moving on to headlines, man. I read something that I am not happy about a team that's struggling so much that we have an injury generator with an actual real piece of Injury news, though, featuring Nico Ladero. Yeah, so it came out. So Ladero missed the game against, uh, who was it? Uh, the week before, moving on. Yeah, he, so Ladero missed the game the week before. El oh, Columbus crew. And um, there was all the speculation we talked about it in the last pod, if you want to hear about it. Um, it turns out his injury is a broken toe. Toes, to me, seem important to the foot, which is the <laughs> primary thing that you use in soccer. Unless you're Chad, I ain't got time to bleed Marshall. 
then it's your head. This seems bad for Nico Ladero. Um, this has been soccer education with Brandon teaching you how to play soccer with your feet. Uh, <laughs> yes, telling you that toes are important. Nicely done. I am doubly upset about this piece of information because I want that guy to win the World Cup. I want he and his buddy Luis Suarez to walk away with bite their way to victory. Yeah, he's a hungry guy. He burns a lot of calories out there. Okay, <laughs> now I want them to outperform expectations and i would love to see ladero win the world cup if the u.s isn't there then great that's a i want a guy from the Sounder squad yeah. obviously panama's not going to do it so like i feel maybe I, sweden probably not but <laughs> i really feel like that uh the how do you say it, the uruguayan mm-hmm. is that is that right Uruguay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I really, I feel like that they have a shot with some really big names on there, and so I'd love to see that happen, and that'd be great. Having a broken toe on, as I just learned, the foot that is important for soccer is very <laughs> football. I think is what the rest of the world calls it, and that's very, that's very sad. So hopefully, speedy recovery. Secondarily, of course. Him not playing for Seattle Sounders FC as kind of like the playmaker in the midfield is also very bad. Well, and supposedly uh, his projected return to the Sounders squad is May 29th, I think, which is a game against RSL. So we hope that he gets back into the Seattle lineup before uh, June when he takes off for... Um, Russia. Now, I am not the team doctor anymore. If he gets called up. Sorry. Since last week, I've lost my credentials, okay? But I just want to say that I really feel like we're not going to see him again until August. That's uh, I think that's a fair take. That's my that's my prediction is that if he comes back, great. Like we didn't expect, um, you know, we don't always expect people that pop back up and start playing. Like uh, Harry Kane in the Premier League this year was one that he had an ankle injury and suddenly after three weeks he was back, possibly to his detriment. But it's okay, though, uh, to... Um, I think to let ourselves know that maybe we're not going to see him, and maybe you see a Clint Dempsey playing a little deeper. That's going to have to start generating stuff from just right in front of the central defenders. So. Well, and here's the thing: I think you could be right, um, but I think the alternative to him not coming back until August is him not getting called up into the Uruguay squad at all, because he is one of those fringe players who has been getting some consistent call ups as of late yeah. to play for that team. But that team is a, a really good stacked team. So we'll see. Uh, I think there's not a lot of- playing a lot of club soccer isn't helping him get to the point where he's going to get called up. Having an injury like this isn't yeah. isn't going to help him get to the point where the the coach is going to look at him and see him as a like a, as a real tool that he can employ in the best. Don't call him a tool, Brandon. That's so mean. <laughs> okay, the story broke this morning, and there's been rumors going around about it. But the MLS is about to get a little bit more retiree. <laughs> get a get one of those cats that detects when an old person's going to die because Wayne Rooney's coming to the league. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, apparently Wayne Rooney has in principle. Rooney. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> Good old Rooney. <laughs> Wayne Gooney. Uh, Wayne Rooney has agreed to a contract in principle with DC United. So. Wayne Rooney is a uh, Manchester United and Everton uh, <laughs> legend, right? He began his career in Everton in the Premier League, moved to Manchester United where he had his storied, illustrious career. Then he was relegated back to Everton. <laughs> Which was still in the same league. Eh, uh, I mean, arguably. Yeah. and uh, On paper, yes, Brandon. <laughs> so basically to finish out his career where it all started, he's from Liverpool, um, playing for Everton. Great Great thing for him. I read somewhere that one of the terms was that he won't run. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, in a headline that I can't even wrap my head around, this is so bananas. If I get this correct, Dempsey's U.S. Open Cup suspension ends after just one more match, and those matches start up here again soon. He was not, he was suspended like three years ago. Yeah. 
It was, uh, yeah, he was suspended two years ago. Yeah. And, um, so he missed all of last year's U.S. Open Cup? So, yeah, he missed all of last year. So the whole thing was you either miss a certain amount of matches or uh, a certain amount of years, whichever one is longer. Sure. Um, it, because if, say, the Sounders made an amazing run to uh, the Open Cup last year. Anyway, let's go back to why was he, thank you. Uh, let's go back to why he was suspended in the first place. Sure. Um, a couple years ago, it's incredible. Sounders FC versus this is like the ultimate cluster f- of a match, right? Yeah. Sounders FC versus Portland Timbers at Starfire Stadium in the first their first round of the U.S. Open Cup. It always happens where because of the regional bracketing of the of the tournament, it always ends up with this massive, massive rivalry in like the early stages of this. It would suck. It would be cool if we could play Portland in the final. Will never happen. Okay. Anyway. Facing Portland, the game first the weird the first weirdest thing that happens is that uh, the Sounders have to change out of their pitch black kits half at halftime. Yeah, so they play one half in one color, and because it was too similar to the Portland jerseys, which they went in at halftime and switched shirts. Yeah, so we, we were then wearing the cursed Olympic white jerseys on top of the neon yellow pitch black shorts. Yeah. Uh, so a it was like the weirdest if you watch the highlights from that match you're like what's what's going on here <laughs> so that's the first like head scratcher that has match. nothing to do with Clint Dempsey though. no but this has nothing to do with Clint Dempsey so the game is one one goes into extra time right so in Open Cup they play the same way you if you're tied at the end of the tournament Doesn't matter. whatever you sure. go into play in a bunch of extra minutes yeah um, Portland scores uh, Seattle's I, I don't remember how many red cards did we get in that match. It doesn't matter. Uh, Clint Dempsey's red card, though. So I think that we ended the game playing seven eleven. Okay, seven. Sounders with seven against Portland's eleven. The game ended, I think, three one. Um, but Clint Dempsey's red card is the most notable red card in the history of all red cards, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, he is given a yellow card. He does not agree with it. Um, the referee takes out his notebook to write Clint Dempsey's name into the book. Clint Dempsey picks up the notebook, rips up the notebook, and throws it up in the air Confetti. and gets an immediate second yellow card. And this is deemed, uh, what do they say, violent uh, action toward the referee uh, and was given a quite lengthy suspension, which we've already talked about. So finally, after two years and after not going anywhere in the last two Open Cups, Clint Dempsey can make his return. We play one more match. We play our first match. It has not been set who the opponent is or when it's going to be. It'll be at Starfire. But Assuming Sounders FC win. Assuming Sounders FC makes it through, it'll probably be something against the likes of like Kitsap Pumas or uh, the some U23 team or something like that. Should the Sounders make it through, which who knows? At this point, it's kind of a gamble. If they make it through, Clint Dempsey will be available for the next one. Do they play him? Who knows? You never know if he's going to tear up somebody's red card or who knows. But and this has been four minutes of soccer history with Brandon. It's some of the best soccer history and it, whatever. <laughs> All right, let's move on to people getting mad on the internet after anything happens at the match. It's our favorite. It's fan outrage. Now, there's an important distinction to be made here uh, for this episode of fan outrage, because people knew ahead of time what team was going to be flying to Canada. And so it's important to differentiate between before the match, when everyone was sure that the Sounders were going to eat their own butts and die... (laughs) 
versus after the match when we came home with three points. Before the match, time to change one, two, three says, is coach asking to lose? Devin Roberts, .75, says, players I can't be bothered to watch. No points coming our way. Bismarck, Bismarck Aboitz says, cool, let's just give Toronto three points already. Pathetic lineup. Boy, did they not have that right, hey, despite the Godzilla outrage. I totally felt the same way that they did. Yeah, it was a definitely like, but it. <laughs> I felt similarly to them being like, what are we doing? Yeah. What's going on you, here? You understand it, but you're like, what? Yeah, also, like, let's compete a little bit. But also, Clint Dempsey is very old, and so, yeah. I mean, he was old when he tore up that referee's notebook, and it's not like he's gotten younger, but... <laughs> That's how time works. But you watch how that squad performed when they flew out last time to Toronto, not so great. So what the hell, let's roll the dice. So after the match, things get significantly different on the internet. Jackson T. Smith writes in all caps, Look what happens with no Dempsey! We're so much better without Dempsey! Please don't put it back in the eleven. Yeah, international uh, second-leading scorer in the U.S. men's national team of all time, played in the Premier League. That guy's got nothing to offer. <laughs> this, okay, we talked about this a little bit already. This is one of my like my favorite response uh, as far as fan outrage goes. Uh, <laughs> Amateur Simeon says, yeah, this is, he's talking about the Will Bruin goal. Really, yeah, I, of course. Yeah, this is a pretty nice goal, but Wolf still needs to learn to fit in with the team's offensive system. He took that early panic pass to Bruin instead of waiting, getting his head up and finding one of the eight sounders behind the ball to pass it back to. Okay, guy. What? Listen, I mean, the goal is nice and all because we haven't scored many of those this season. But what I'm saying is that when we're lined up completely defensively, he should have taken the time to be a team player and pass the ball around to everybody. Yeah, wasn't that really selfish? Wouldn't you have thought it would have been way better if he had passed it more, though? That part where he had that individual bit of skill that was amazing beyond belief and then decided to maybe finish it with a goal, that is not what we're about here as Sounders FC fans. I really like soccer and all, but like every sport has points. I think the great thing about soccer is the passing, so we should do that more. (laughs) Get off the internet. Gosh, you suck, amateur Simeon. Uh, Increment one. I almost said excrement. Uh, (laughs) No, this is when you put it back in you. (laughs) Well, I've just grossed myself out. So, Increment says... Uh, On the same play, he says, Where are the police on this? You can't just murder two people on the field like that, can you? (laughs) Colin, whatever his name is... (laughs) Uh, and then the last of Nerdin. Fa- Nerdin says, you've got to be kidding. Out of all of the f***ing games since last year, MLS Cup, we won this one? F*** off, MLS is too much. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Thank you for the LOL, man. <laughs> you people on the internet are incredible. <laughs> Even the guy who was critical, I love you for these comments. They're, <laughs> they bring me such great joy. From the seas of Reddit to Instagram to Twitter, it's so much fun to watch the responses from everybody. Good or bad? I, I can never hear the word increment again. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. We got a huge match this week. Uh, this is the second match this week, I guess you said. Two pods in one week, too. My God, we're giving you all this entertainment. It's wonderful. We're moving the team from the distant tundra of Toronto, and it's 
very boring-looking space needle all the way back to the Pacific Northwest in an I-5 rivalry of the Cascadia Cup, going to Portland for the first matchup between any of the Cascadia teams that the Sounders will play this season. Whew. And not only that, the 100th all-time meeting between Sounders FC and Portland Timbers dating back to 1975. Ah, uh, that's awesome, man. Because uh, the Sounders were born in 1974. Yeah. And then Timbers after that? Yep. That first right? first game ever, Sounders beat Timbers 1-0 in in Providence Park or Jeldlin Field or whatever sure, it sure, was sure. called at the time. Uh, I think it was Providence back then. 99 meetings, Seattle's 53 wins and has the record for the largest margin of victory, 6-1. Back before, I call it, uh, back in 1985, that is BB, before Brandon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, from the tree chop celebration by Roger Levesque. I remember that. To the thumping Sounders had received in the playoffs at the hands of Portland <sighs> in 2013. I also remember that. Uh, to the red card wedding, which we've already talked about, which still has Clint Dempsey banned from the U.S. Open <laughs> Cup. Amazing. There's obviously plenty to talk about anytime that Sounders and Portland play. Sure. But this week, this week, yeah. we stick to the facts. We stick to the only things that you need to know. Brandon, I didn't know this until you uh, wrote it here. Timber Joey is a real-life baby kangaroo who will one day be shot into space via the new Australian Space Agency and their bogan kangaroo slingshot. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, I didn't realize that the Portland Timbers were keeping this Joey captive despite protests from his mama kangaroo who just wants her little Joey back. I just got that right now, by the way, that a baby kangaroo is a joey. <laughs> I was too worried about the Australian space program, a real thing now. Another thing, oh, is it? Yeah, uh, they're, uh, they're, they have $16 million in funding over the next four years. Wow. <laughs> I got to tell you, I did this on Nerd Talk today, another podcast you can listen to at 1077.com, but um, John Ryan, the punter for the Seattle Seahawks, yeah. makes almost an Australian space agency <laughs> <laughs> Every year, so is, just we should start converting salaries into how many Australian space agencies are you making? I mean, for reals, man. Like Clint Dempsey in his time here so far has made about an Australian space agency. How many kangaroos could Clint Dempsey send to space? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many <laughs> timber joeys? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Um, your next fact is very interesting. Yeah, Portland smells real bad. Oof, that is true. And if by weird you mean smelly, then yes, keep Portland weird. <laughs> uh, here's a hot take. Yeah. Portland's donuts aren't that great. Hey, how dare you? Okay, I Blue Star, not- Blue Star donuts. I will, I will vouch for. Okay, I'm with you. But, we're back on the same page. But everybody's all about these voodoo donuts. Get they're out of, they're get your not ass out of that line. good. Blue Star donuts, though. I will go to Portland just for that. Yeah, same. Me too. Uh, another thing, Portland is is really a fine city. It is a lovely place. Uh, fine, that's it's. I like taking the train there. It's all right. Yeah, um, but that's all you really need to know about Portland uh, to know anything about this soccer match. So, Just kidding. <laughs> so is it? Uh, it's a good question you pose here. Is it time for cautious optimism? Well, here's here's what's crazy. So I think a lot of people watched that Toronto match and they were like, "This is finally the Sounders' revenge for having lost MLS Cup." I'm like, we couldn't score a goal in two back to back MLS Cups in Toronto. We hadn't scored. A, we talked about this last week. Sounders have a hard time scoring in Toronto. They finally roll out their B team. I like how you say in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I want to be very specific. No, <laughs> but I mean, don't worry about this season. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of people, all of a sudden, like all of this outrage. I mean, it's you can highlight it here. All of this outrage. Everybody's pissed about the way that the Sounders have been playing, and then we win a game, and everybody's like, "Oh, the Sounders are good again." Right. Easy. Like we score three goals against Minnesota and, and everybody's well, like, Here we go. did not make Seattle Sounders FC great again. Okay. Just yeah. like it was just a good match. <coughs> 
Exactly. So anyway, so is I asked the question, is it time for cautious optimism? I think optimism, for sure, it has to be cautious. Because, yeah, the Sounders still haven't scored a goal with Clint Dempsey on the field since Minnesota United. Okay, so how does this change then? In your opinion, This do you keep playing, and we've seen it in other leagues leading up to this, so I'm not surprised it started happening here, but do you keep playing with this five defenders option where you're really leaving three guys back instead of two and bombing two guys down the sides? Is this something that if you're Brian Schmetzer and you look at the squad that you've got, do you start doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so because when you start plugging in pieces like Clint Dempsey and Ozzy Alonso and uh, eventually maybe Nico Ladero and definitely not Victor Rodriguez because of whatever yeah. crazy surgeries he's having now. Um, I'm pretty sure that he caught Marco Papa's stab wound. I think that that's like <laughs> it's contagious. And that he just has that Spending now. too much time with Marco Pava getting stabbed. Um, or <laughs> he's is, out on the boat like we talked about last For the record, week. that is insensitive, and I'm sorry to both of those people. Yeah, also, yeah, that, we feel pretty bad about that. <laughs> uh, we Like, we stabbed. We didn't stab him. No, but I mean, anyone, that's a terrible <laughs> yeah, thing to have happen to, to somebody. Stabbed. Yeah, I, I assume. Yes. <laughs> um, but here's the, the, the whole thing is... Like, yes, the Sounders were able to put a couple goals on Toronto. Toronto's not the best team right now. We were able to put a few goals on Minnesota. They were not the greatest team. But it's cool to see that when we string a couple passes together, even though it's likely on a counterattack. Um, looking at the table here, well, this is the what's Portland crazy. Timbers aren't exactly the best team either right now. Well, this is what's crazy. And this is why I say cautious optimism. Because despite despite everything that we've talked about, yeah. everything, all of the, the, the turmoil that Sounders have faced this season... If we if the Sounders win this match, they are tied with Portland, who's currently in seventh place uh, on points. Not only that, oh, I thought if, Portland was worse than us right now. No, I wasn't actually. Or sorry, they're not the on table. seven points; they're on ten points or eleven points. I misread that. Then anyway, the thing I just said a minute ago, totally wrong. If we tie, if we tie, if we win this match, we'll tie Portland on points. Not only that, we will be tied with the sixth place team, Houston Dynamo, on points. Should they also lose their match, and we will have. Uh, 11 points, which, yes, we're below Houston on goal differential, so we're not in a playoff spot, nor is this necessarily the time to be worried about whether or not you're in a playoff spot. However, to say out of everything that's happened so far that you're one win out of a playoff spot or one win out of competing for that spot... Um, it's very early. It's Let's super not get ahead early. of ourselves, but... But it's super early. I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's super early, yes, but it's super early. Um I look at it as if you can string together two wins in a row, a, a ter- like a really boring draw and then two wins in a row, or if you can take points from two matches in a row, even a draw on the road with Portland, that'll be good, positive momentum heading to something. I think the most important element that happens in Portland over the weekend is a goal. Mm-hmm. I think that Sounders need to put more balls in the net and when that starts to happen a little bit more often, you start feeling good about the potential to win more matches. Well, and going back to uh, Jackson T. Smith, who uh, via Instagram said uh, his whole all caps, look what happens with no Dempsey. We're so much better without Dempsey. Um, we put Clint Dempsey back in this Portland match, which is the reason that he didn't play in Toronto. You save him for this Portland match. Clint Dempsey gets up for Portland. Yeah, man. He scores a ton of goals against them. He is instrumental. They hate him. He feeds off of that. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing to watch him play against Portland. It, I get excited every time I get to see what. Every time I get to see Clint Dempsey play against Portland, um, it's real rivalry, man. It is a real where the, rivalry. Where the players absorb it too. It's not just manufactured by marketing teams. It's they're out there. They're they're chippy with each other. I think. I think. 
Dempsey, Christian Roldan, uh, who props to wearing the camp t- captain's armband yeah. against Toronto, by That's the way. Good. We yeah, didn't yeah. touch that. Hot. Um, but Clint Dempsey uh, is an icon of this rivalry now. That photo of Christian Roldan staring down uh, uh uh, Blanco from Portland last year that is like an iconic moment in this rivalry there are players on this team who get up for this match yeah. so I think that even though Portland Portland's coming off of like a whole week of rest and two back-to-back wins and the Sounders are coming off of uh, three days of rest and have to be and they were like on the east coast sure. and have to get back in and but fit you, you sent your young seat. guys to do that Exactly. And and props to them for picking up a point when nobody expected them to. But now you put in your guys who know something about this rivalry, who know how to like get into these tough matches and pick up these like knocks here and there and know that that just gets you into the game. This game's going to be awesome to watch. A uh, final note about Christian Roldan. When he's interviewed on the sideline, I love that guy. He's yeah. like cuz he's so mad all the time. He always looks so just like kind of dour he's like never looks like he's having like a fun time like that's business and he's out there to kick ass every day right yeah but when you put a microphone in front of him he gets like real smiley <laughs> and i like really like that about a person when he's like he like really lights up and he's like he really you, it's infectious he, it makes me like want to like him and want to like the team want to like be excited to cheer so it's cool we had him in the studio a couple years ago him and jordan morris came in yeah and that was fun those guys are just the nicest guys yeah they're great to hang he out was with. surprisingly a little bit more fun than mm-hmm. jordan morris and he like is a little like uh less fun looking yeah it looks like he's yeah. like out there as a as i think a that's bruiser. the point yeah. that's the point um fun facts about this match well first of all i want to talk about uh portland timbers tweeted out something that was like we never backed down and they tweeted the photo of christian roldan like blanco literally backing down to christian <laughs> roldan that was great very very funny um second of all the fourth official for this match uh is <laughs> the guy who <laughs> Whose, gonna, whose book Clint Dempsey tore to pieces and he's in the still Open not Cup. done taping it back together. <laughs> I'm real mad. I'm going to show you Clint Dempsey. So, so he's probably hoping that the center ref gets injured and he has to come on and do some karate give like for no nine red too. cards. Yeah, yeah. just comes right out with a red card for Dempsey. Just <laughs> his name is Daniel Rashford. And he's like Danielson from the new Cobra Kai yeah, yeah. that no one likes. Yeah. So take that, Rashford. I like the Rashford that plays for um, for Man U. Anyway, uh, it is... They're related. Jeldwin Field. I mean, Providence Park. I mean, Minor League Baseball Stadium. It's Sunday at 1 p.m. It is the matchup between Portland Timbers FC and Seattle Sounders FC. And who are we looking at to be the hero of the match, Brandon? I want to say Hanwala Buona for ever i'm in but i think it's clint dempsey i think that you're gonna like you just said you're gonna rely on a guy like clint dempsey to really activate and really get the guys around him on fire he'll be our venom anti-hero type player because you like if clint dempsey was not on our team i would hate him but because he's on our team I love him, and I want to watch him kick ass. Absolutely, and he'll have some space alien ooze in him, so yes. that's going to be awesome. How about the villain? Uh, every single person ever who has ever played for Portland Timbers, except for Steve Zakawani. Uh, or just Diego Valeri, who is by far... <laughs> if you're going to focus on one guy. <laughs> if you're going to focus on one player, I'd say Diego Valeri. He's their captain. He's their best player. He's uh, player of the week from last week in MLS. He's having a great season again. He's, all, he's last year's MVP, I believe. Um, 
So he's a great player. He's scoring great goals. He just scored the winner against San Jose, just like a beautiful, beautiful free kick. Uh, great player. Seems like a good guy, too, which makes him even harder to hate. But he's the villain this week because he's the guy that's going to make a difference. I expect Sounders. to see Ozzy Alonso stuck to that guy for the entire match, trying yep. to shut him down. Okay, and finally, Brandon... It's time for the Crystal Pepsi Ball. Looking into your Crystal Pepsi Ball with it swirling around in its clearness and deliciousness and looking like the early 90s, what do you prophesize as a result for this Sunday's match? 1 p.m. in Portland. Portland Timbers FC taking on Seattle Sounders finishes. Is that Britney Spears in the Pepsi Ball? <laughs> it could be. I, no, she was too young then, I think. Oh, Crystal uh, Pepsi was pre-Britney Spears. Van Halen was still a thing. Like when... <laughs> Crystal Pepsi. You're telling me that Britney Spears and Van Halen didn't overlap? I mean, probably a little (laughs) bit, but not a lot. Uh, That's like height of like teenage slutty Britney Spears is what is like the beginning of her career. That was about 98. Hey, you're really spot on with your numbers here. I'm just saying I was that was like my era. Yeah. So Uh, I think Sounders go down. I'm going to be optimistic. Two zero. Uh, we pick up we a said, shutout. Two zero Sounders. You said they go down two zero. Oh, <laughs> so. sorry. They go down to Portland and pick up a and win. They w- pick up a win, two nothing. I think that they've shown last uh, yesterday and went uh, in Toronto that they can pick up an unexpected result um, on the road with a team that nobody expects it from. I think that they can do that in Portland because, like we were talking about, these players get up for this rivalry. <sighs> I don't know what to think, Brandon. I don't know what to think. So when you look into your crystal Pepsi ball that is just as clear and has more Van Halen in it than mine does, what do you see? I see Seattle Sounders 4, Sammy Hagar 0. 